I see lizard people. Yes, who's the true devil, one man begins to say. It's the real lizard, that's who. Err, yeah, right. And I've got a bridge to sell you if you believe that. Well, it's kind of ridiculous and perhaps even laughable, really. There are a number of nutcases claiming the Vril is the Nazi society or that reptilians are the great old ones of Vril and the Vril society. No doubt, Vril society existed, but that was far later. I mean, the origin of the word Vril comes from a book of fiction and is called The Coming Race. It was written by an English novelist, Edward Bueller Lighton, in the 19th century. And yes, I've read the book, good book. A whole lot of fun. And But tonight I want to direct your attention to an old Japanese proverb, which is as follows. Never confuse the moon with the finger pointing at it. And you'll do well to remember that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, the world of social media. Uh, somebody's, you know, just hit that kill switch on the internet. Wait, 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 wait. Not so fast, not fast. Not, not so fast. I'm still on. I think people don't realize that our English language comes to us in the West from, well, first from the old northern world, then on to Scandinavia, Germany, and down the trickling of centuries throughout the ancient Greek thinkers and philosophers. And, of course, the transliteration into the old Latin tongue, and a partridge in a pear tree. So, here we all are, most of us, thinking the word sin is an action which offends God. And, little of us realize that this word comes from our ancient ancestors, whom created a god also known to them as sin. Same thing with the word weird which is our modern term for what we don't understand. Though the original word weird was absolutely understood by our ancient ancestors as being part of the great synchronicity in the matrix existing in older times of yore. Well, I don't know if they were really times of yore, but hey, back in the heyday, right? We always say that, especially old guys like me. And basically, that weird, which we refer to so simply today as reality, which we don't know what the fuck that is anyway. I think that the concept of the gods has long been misconstrued throughout the ages. And to be fair, allow me to illustrate an example from my youth, when I wasn't so Vrilok, well, I, I, you know, I think I was already pretty much a great genius. I just wasn't aware of some things back then. 
So I'll begin with my earliest years in psionics. I was about 17 and I sat in front of a shoebox that I had crafted into my first radionic box as per the directions and following the instruction of my mentor Charles Cosimano. A few years later I became proficient in working with the psionic amplifying helmet and this magical box. So those of you who think I became a psionics power wizard overnight know I actually did this step by step working with meditation, working with amplifying patterns, then I made my first radionic shoebox. Then a few later I actually took the time to build a psionic amplifying helmet, which I thought I could never possibly do because it seemed, you know, it seemed like such a big project. But really it wasn't. So one day I came into possession of a strange piece of paper handed to me by a friend, I think, and uh, it was a photocopy from either, uh, it was either a book or a pamphlet, I forget, but the image was that of an ancient coin from the old world. On the face of this coin was a character depicting the head of a rooster attached to the torso of a man and with the legs of snakes. I know. I see lizard people. <laughs> no, even worse. The real lizard devil. Okay. In one hand, this creature is carrying a shield. And in the other hand, he's wielding a kind of whip. Or perhaps it's a, a medieval kind of flail. Anyway... I had no idea what the hell I was looking at and back then believing it was just rubbish you know pure utter nonsense I nearly tossed the paper into the round file but for some bizarre reason I decided well you know I kind of like Greek mythology and the Minotaur and monster so what the hell I'll, I'll hang on to this photocopy of this rooster thing and, and you know maybe I'll, I'll just collect it hang on to it at length I decided to passively take a reading for this picture on my radionic box. Yeah, that's right on my shoebox radionic box, my first box. And then tune my helmet into this box and proceed to place my mind into a completely calm and meditative state. Now, back then when I first started all this, putting on a psionic amplifying helmet wasn't very comfortable for me at first. It took about 30 minutes wearing the helmet. I think five minutes without the helmet I could get into a relaxed state, but wearing a helmet it just kind of bugged me and so it took about you know 30 minutes before I could get really relaxed and my mind's eye opened upon a beautiful image. It was an image of all these brilliant stars throughout the cosmos and I was in awe that I'm actually seeing this and they're twinkling and moving around in my brow chakra. Then suddenly, I was pulled into what I can only describe as um, like a total outer space experience where at length, I beheld in this great void this auburn light forming which yawned into a hole in outer space.
in this void. And from this portal, a great eye bulged out and it winked in my general direction as if looking through a peephole from another dimension beyond the reality that I could conceive of. This eye regarded me for maybe a few moments and then very disappointedly it, it just disappeared, blinked right out of existence. And so I took my helmet off thinking, well, you know, that was weird. The helmet works. You know, I, I mean, it, it works passively. I don't have to actually be thinking something. I could take a rate, plug my helmet in, go into a meditative state of mind, and after a while, images just started appearing in my mind. So long story short, I realized that what I was looking at in my mind was another mind, but which had caught on to my own mind, and it then departed, possibly because it realized that, you know, hey, there's this human guy, Tom, he's young, he's not capable of understanding what he's seeing, you know, I'm maybe I'm the great Abraxas to him and he, he doesn't understand what I am. So, bye-bye. In other experiences, uh, I have encountered other beings of light and shadow that have been a, a bit more curious, to say the least, about my mind and, in other cases, my body. But on this particular experience, I was, as they say, simply not ready to make this contact, to make this journey go further than the experience that I have just described to you. I believe there is a simple reason for this. I did not conceive of the notion that the would-be gods, as they are called by our ancients, whom throughout history have been given to worship something or other, that these minds of the gods could be so different from our earthly minds and their reality so different from our own that they cannot be directly understood in the same way that I would attempt to understand another physical creature, another person, another animal on this planet. I now believe that gods or are more or less the minds of beings whom their mass or whatever they're made out of can, can span over great distances in our perspective from our compact fleshy minds in our material universe, a very limited view really, a wonderful view, a wonderful reality, a wonderful illusion, but it is a limited uh, point of view. For instance, a god may be on one side of the universe his or her what would be qualified in human terms as like a great eye, like I, like I saw, Abraxas, this great eyeball. And yet, other components of this god form might funnel its way into our local vicinity in this reality in the wandering bodies. That is, uh, the wandering bodies, the Greek concept of wandering bodies, which we refer to today as planets, and uh, some, in some societies, uh, they have referred to these planets as, as archons uh, or the body, uh, the embodiment or physical representation of the archons in our solar system.
These are merely perceptions of something vastly greater than what can be compiled into our limited space, our limitation on our, uh, our faculties as we know the, the ordinary five senses. Even in our imagination, sometimes it's a bit of a stretch. And I know that that is indeed a stretch of imagination, being that outer space is so incredibly vast. How could anything be bigger? Just as it is equally true of the inner space of the macrocosm and the nanoverse. And we can go smaller and smaller and smaller, right? I mean, we probably will. Science, that is. I think science will always look deeper. What makes psionics, though, the best means for exploration, in my opinion, is that we can approach the realms of mind and be open to new experiences, which might be just about anything one can dream of, like I've explained in, in my experience. Yours can be very different. And still, we can remain detached when we disconnect from our machines, when we take that helmet off, turn our radionics box off, uh, take our hands off the prayer board. And this relationship establishes a strong footing on the concrete world. Our feet are on the ground while having yet, albeit, another foot in the eternal dreamlands, the other worlds of the prehistoric descendants, say, in Australia, the aboriginal folks who are the masters of the dreamland, uh, learning how to survive in infinity, as author Michael Talbot wrote in his book, uh, The Holographic Universe. We can see that the symbology, getting back to Abraxas here, I'm about to talk about Abraxas, the rooster creature on that ancient coin, we can see from that symbology that Abraxas, whom was that creature I first saw on that photocopy of an ancient coin, that the spirit of this creature is a compound of various components meant to bring together a language of the mind, which is not in a spoken tongue, but is indeed in the language of the universe, as author Michael Talbot again might have said or, or hinted at in his book, The uh, the Holographic Universe, wherein I believe he said that the language of the universe is the opinion of some that it is that of images between minds. If I said that right, if memory serves me right, I believe it was author Michael Talbot who said that the language of the universe was images, or he was making reference to someone else who did say that. So the cosmic mind speaks in images. I think that the cosmic mind speaks in images for sure, but I don't think it stops at that experience. But it is indeed a profound experience and a common experience to communicate uh, with the universe via imagery. Also, if we look at what constitutes the gods, we can sooner find the best modern examples by works of fiction. Perhaps H.P. Lovecraft's story, The Call of Cthulhu, which describes an idol of a character 
representing a sort of monster or the form of a monster, which, as the story unfolds, the Call of Cthulhu, uh, this character, this, this uh, bass relief, turns out to be the god Cthulhu, one of the ancient old ones, whom is indeed composed of a variety of forms coalesced into a compound which stamps his image into the mind of the reader. That's a powerful language. The language of the ancient occult. I know some people don't like that word occult because it means hidden. But essentially, I mean, any, any of you following me who have studied the tarot or even glimpsed at the tarot or the the yeah the the old tarot uh, as a book um not as not as cards but as a book and, and as a story of pictures we can clearly see how imagery is that language of ancient knowledge that's intended to conjure or invoke or, or inspire to encourage the would-be magician, the student on the path of, of magic to understand this language of images. Now this is not too different from my initial discovery of this god, Abraxas. For example, the head of the rooster may symbolize and I'm just saying maybe the calling of the cock at sunrise so rooster calling at sunrise uh, this brings the sleeping human mind out of the dream world back into full awakening that doesn't sound like such a bad thing snakes of course um, Abersack says snakes for legs uh, snakes are symbols of ancient wisdom and knowledge you know only later was the snake conceived of as demonic by christian dogma there's a lot more i could go into on this topic but i won't you know instead um i believe psionics is more important here i mean i could go into all manner of things like you know Maybe back in the heyday of, of the good old days, as they say. I think the bad old days. But the good old days when they said, you know, they might have said, Hey, that serpent worshiper over there is the devil. Let's do the decent thing and burn him alive. Yeah, right. The, the decent thing. Burn him, drown him, dunk him, hang him, chop their arms and legs and heads off. Yeah. Such were the torments of our ancestors. That's oh, pretty sad. Anyway, psionics here. Psionics allows us to do so much without the way of exhausting ritual. When the magical lifestyle I teach in my book, Keep the Magic High, is applied. And I wrote that book simple and easy and fun and illustrated so... Just about anybody, any average Joe Smoke can pick up that book, read it, and go, I get it. But now, of course, one might ask, how is it that the ancient god of the universe, Abraxas, was reduced in status to 
that of a demon in, in grimoires. And I'm sorry, I, had, I have to jump back to that topic real quick of Abraxas because it's so interesting. How is it that this ancient god of the universe was just like so demoted down in, you know, to some goofy looking demon in a grimoire? Some guy with a big old nose and a curly tail. I mean, if you've seen the pictures, I'm not talking about the rooster picture. I mean, I mean the other one. Big old ears and funny nose. And, you know, the answer is typically ignorance, right? Fear, uh, a desire to have power over the multitude. Everything scattered and confused. And this is one reason why I've remained a devout heretic and a psionics magician rather than a worshipper of any religion. I get that one, uh, I like that one line in the movie Pi where he says the father says religion is darkness and I think in a lot of ways that's true anyway I hope you enjoyed joining me tonight in this little journey through deadly real lizards <laughs> and revisiting our old ancient friend Cthulhu Meeting new friends like Abraxas and your good old Dr. Brillock here. And journeying with me into the past. Until next time we meet up, lords and ladies, I want to remind you. Please join my club at Brillock.club where you and I are going to keep the magic high. So, anyway, this is our Dr. Von Brillock signing out. <laughs>